Well, when the Y'all Show fight song kicks off, we are ready to go with several hours of Southern conversation. Hope your Thursday is off to a great start. We are talking about everything going on in the southeast of the good old USA. And we've got a lot of stuff to cover. And so we want you to sit back, get you a nice beverage, a beverage of your choice. Could be a big cup of joe. It could be a little bit more uh, ammunition in that cup of whatever you're drinking. It doesn't matter. Sit back, enjoy. We've got headlines from across the southeast that we'll be jumping into today on today's program about the southeast. John Rawl is my name. I'm the general of all things Southern, and it's going to be a fun time today as we walk through what's going on in Washington, D.C., what's going on, oddly enough, across the pond, across the pond and the the small kiddie pool, a.k.a. the Mediterranean, because President Biden was in Israel on Wednesday, and we will give you all the latest that we know about his trip there, his very abbreviated trip into a war zone. We'll have info on that and the reaction. Also, we've got information coming out of Washington in terms of is the U.S. House going to have a speaker? Jim Jordan, 0 for 2 right now in his quest to become the House Speaker. And it is expected that there will be another vote today to determine whether he will be chosen as House Speaker as he has already went down in flames Twice, In fact, his second vote, which was held on Wednesday, he ended up getting less votes than he got the previous day. So it's not looking too good for the Ohio congressman. And where do we go after him? Is there going to be a temporary speaker of the House chosen to to get us through the next couple of weeks? Remember, you've got the deadline fast approaching, the deadline to get the budget squared away so there's not another government shutdown. And that's coming up in November. You got questions about funding Ukraine and questions about now Israel. And Congress is at a standstill. And it's going to stay that way until there is a House Speaker chosen. So there's real talk about North Carolina's Patrick McFarlane being chosen to kind of be uh, impromptu House Speaker given authority that he doesn't currently have as Speaker Pro Tem, and that would at least get Congress through the next couple of weeks because it's really getting embarrassing how these elected officials show up for a vote or two, and then, boom, they're dismissed for a day, two, three, four days. And the other day they were out about nine days after Kevin McCarthy was ousted as House Speaker. It's a complete waste of their time. It's a complete waste of taxpayers' money. Come on, Congress, get it together. This is not a good look for Republicans. If you are on the R side, your people are letting you down, in my opinion. Now, I thought that whenever McCarthy was ousted, that it wouldn't be that hard to pick someone like a Steve Scalise or a Jim Jordan, that that would be a net gain for conservatism to go from McCarthy to someone like Scalise or Jordan. But there's some real, real animosity going on in capital, in the capital city, and these people are not going to jump on the Jordan train. So, I, I think, I think that ship sailed. I really do. And so, what's up next? Now, someone floated a name. I got to pull it up here because I didn't save it to memory. There is a congressman representing 
the state of Michigan, and I don't normally support people from up north, but this congressman from Michigan is pretty, uh, let me just use a uh, high-octane, high-velocity word here. This congressman from Michigan who someone suggested would be a good House speaker, and he's already said that he's interested if if they want to go down the route of having him, he would be interested in being the U.S. House Speaker for the next year and a half, basically until this term of Congress comes to an end. And he's already said, hey, I'll do it. Now, bear with me here as I'm trying to get his exact name. I know his title. He's not just a congressman. He's a guy who is a, and this is what makes him the word I was trying to come up with for Jack Bergman, is he's a badass, okay? This guy, Jack Bergman, is a retired Marine Corps general. Jack Bergman of Michigan, who was born in Minnesota, but spent most of his adult career all over the world as a United States Marine. And he's a little older than you might expect. Jack Bergman, 76 years old, but he retired as a lieutenant general in the United States Marine Corps and served... From 1969, he's a Vietnam veteran. From 69 to 2009, he's only been out of the service for over a decade. He would be an excellent House Speaker just to fill in. And as far as I know, he's got all the Republican credentials and more. So that's a name to keep out today. Jack Bergman of Michigan. He represents the 1st District of Michigan, which is the Upper Peninsula. And I guess that would be up around Saginaw, too of the uh, mitten portion of Michigan. But, uh, yes, he's a Yankee, but he's been (laughs) serving our country for a very long time. Keep an eye on this man as a potential name to emerge today. I also think Byron Donalds of Florida is a a name that is going to be floated around today if Jordan goes back down again. So keep that in mind as we keep our eyes on Washington, D.C., Text line here, we go to it. We got a text in, and the texter says, the don't doctrine, the, the don't doctrine, what a joke is this clown? I, I guess they're talking about Biden here. I'm not sure, but to clarify, if you will, or maybe they're just talking about the y'all show. Don't talk about the South. Oh, can't, can't, can't do that. Not going to do it. Wouldn't be prudent. <laughs> Channeling a little George H.W. here on this Thursday, y'all show. Hope y'all are doing well as we are getting ready for this show. It's going to be our last show of the week. We have a, a little commitment we got to go to that's going to cause us to not be here on Friday. So I want to go ahead and just give you a heads up on that. If you're going to be tuning in Friday, we won't have a show. We'll be back here in the saddle on Friday. I mean, on, rather on Monday. I'm already thinking about Monday. <laughs> so stay, t- uh, stay tuned for all that. What's up today with our headlines across the southeast? We've got, again, info from Israel. We've got info coming in on what's going on across the Washington, D.C. spectrum with Congress. All that here on today's Y'all Show. And then we also will be telling you in our coverage of college football, Kiefer Ingalls will be dropping by. He's got his pigskin prognostication, got some Games going on this weekend of note, including the third Saturday in October rivalry in the SEC. The University of Tennessee visits the capstone, and they take on the Crimson Tide. 
We'll get Kiefer's take on that. Some other big games in college football. We'll be walking through that with Kiefer a little bit later here this hour. Also, we've got hashtag Hullabaloo set to come your way. So you don't want to miss out on that fun. And hour number two today, we've got the Nashville Music Line Report. Some info from country music, what's going on there, Blake Shelton news, and more. Also, we have our Southern Recipe of the Day headed your way in our second hour. And in our final hour today, we're going to walk through some great festivals taking place across the Southeast this weekend. And so we don't want you to uh, skip out on the fun there when we have our Southern Travel Report, hour number three. To be involved with the Y'all Show, it's easy to do. Our number, 615-208-4184, 615-208-4184. That's a text line, so don't try to call it. Just text it, and that's a number available for you any time of day, 24-7. You can text us and tell us what's on your mind. We we would love to hear from you. Texture confirming that uh, the Biden doctrine thing was all about Biden, so I appreciate you sharing that here to the y'all show and if you want to text us we welcome those texts anytime you can also email the y'all show m-a-i-l mail at y-a-l-l dot com as we've got our our folks here the production staff constantly going into the inbox and pulling out stuff and so we are looking for your email if you've got something you want to pass along to us we would be happy to share that here on the y'all show and we'll be happy to Reflect what you've got on your mind, whether it's something newsworthy, if it's something gossip-worthy, if it is maybe a recipe or some other tip. Maybe you've got some criticism. We're, we're big folks here. We'll, we'll take it all here at the Y'all Show. So bring it on, y'all. we uh looking forward to getting all of that. Let's pick up those headlines. We've already kind of given you a an idea about Washington, D.C. in our opening hour. Now, President Biden was in Israel on Wednesday where he met with Israeli leaders as they're having this battle with Hamas right now and Biden pledging money, Biden pledging support, Biden, you know, the texter here is talking about doctrine for Biden. His doctrine right now is to keep giving money away and his doctrine is to not shore up our own border. We're trying to help out Israel with its border. We're trying to help out Ukraine with its border. Somewhere along the line, the border that the United States has seems to not matter, okay? At least that's what it seems like. There's compassion, of course. You've got hundreds of people in in Gaza being killed in a hospital strike. That is a a terrible thing that's happened. You've got all the thousand-plus people in Israel that were killed by Hamas the other week and that war continuing. And so it's a it's a tough deal right now, but, you know, that's because we may not have the world's strongest leader. A, a strong leader, maybe you wouldn't have all this. A, a weak, ineffective leader and leadership could be why we're in the situation we're in. Now, I'll give, I'll give Joe, I think Trump calls him Crooked Joe instead of Sleepy Joe now, I'll give Crooked Joe a little bit of credit, and I can't believe Secret Service allowed this to happen. He flew into a war zone on Wednesday to see Benjamin Netanyahu and the other leaders of Israel, and that probably doesn't happen too often. I can't think of it being—I remember—I mean, we the world knew he was going there. 
Remember in the times of Iraq and Afghanistan when a president like an Obama or Trump would go visit the troops? They would often land there and be out of there within 24 hours, and you wouldn't even know it. The general public would not even know it until it was announced after they had already departed the country. Well, we heard a day before that Biden was heading to Israel, and you knew he would be going to Tel Aviv or somewhere around there, and that's where he went. I'm surprised that Hamas and even Hezbollah didn't have massive attacks during that time period. Maybe they did, and it just wasn't reported. But, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm a little surprised Secret Service would allow that to even happen, but it did. And now Biden back here or back toward probably not Washington, D.C., if I had to guess. <laughs> oh, Joe's probably heading to Delaware. What, what do y'all think? A story that happened on Wednesday that, at least for some of us, we thought would never officially ever, this would never be a headline. Joran Vandersloot on Wednesday confessed to killing Natalie Holloway. She was the Alabama teen that went missing after the 2005 trip to Aruba. This Vandersloot fellow, the last person to see her alive and her mother for all these years, Beth Holloway has been pushing hard to try to find closure to this case. Well, Mr. Vandersloot was in a Birmingham jail the last couple of weeks and has confessed to several things. But one of the things that came out Wednesday was he actually confessed to killing Natalie Holloway. I don't think there's going to be a murder charge as a result of his confession since this happened in Aruba and because of a lack of evidence or something like that along the way, this small Caribbean island has not come forward with charges. Now, he also killed his girlfriend, in South America. So he's been in jail for that. But this guy is a, now I think a 36-year-old two-time murderer. And he did the right thing in confessing. But what a tragedy there that this young girl from Alabama, off on a senior trip just after graduating from Mountain Brook High School in the Birmingham area, killed. And it took this long for this lowlife to finally do the right thing and admit that he killed her. And now Beth Holloway, as tr- terrible as it is for her and her husband, who for whatever reason never did get the kind of attention that she did, but I know her husband or her ex-husband, in this case Natalie's father, used to be on TV a good bit. And for the Holloway family, finally one chapter closes, at least the chapter of Who Done It. And Beth on Wednesday says in front of a courthouse in terms of Vandersloot, your lies and manipulation taunting us with fake news interviews and wild stories of what happened to her have caused indescribable pain and harm to my family and me. The grief I feel lives way down deep in my soul. But a big story that's been followed for a long time and closure now as Joran Vandersloot confessing to the murder of Natalie Holloway. We've got other headlines that we'll be getting to as we go forward on this Thursday Y'all Show. Hang on when we come back. It's football time in the South. It'll be football time in Alabama as Tennessee and the Crimson Tide get together for the third Saturday in October rivalry. That's coming up th- uh, on Saturday. Also, we've got some other big games across college football. And Kiefer 
is going to help us break it all down, y'all. So hang on. More of the show that shakes the Southland is coming right up. Back here on the Y'all Show, talking a little college football and more. Kiefer Ingalls has joined us, and Kiefer did not know the words to the Alabama fight song. Kiefer has never sent the Yellow Jackets to a watery grave. What's that all about? What's going on? Oh, well, you know, you don't have headphones on? You, you I, don't can't, headphones. You, I don't know where they're at. Well, there's some right there. Jeez. Come on, man. Is, what would Joe Biden say? Come on, man. You ever oh, heard of Joe Biden? Man, come on, man. It's the third Saturday in October. It's the rivalry between Alabama and Tennessee. I think some people are calling this the Dixieland Delight battle. They are. So a little Dixieland Delight from a guy from Fort Payne, Alabama now. A little Randy Owen yeah, and just, the boys. He was at the stadium two weeks ago, I think, listening to this song be sung live. Was he here? The first Rolling time. Down woods, Tennessee Byway. One arm on the wheel Holding my lover With the other A sweet, soft, southern thrill Worked hard all week Got a little jingle On a Tennessee Saturday night Couldn't feel better I'm together with my Dixie Yes, the third Saturday in October, the Tennessee Vols heading to Bryant Denny Stadium to take on the Crimson Tide. This one this year, not quite as sexy, only because both teams have a L beside right. their ledger. Right. But Randy Owen, if you're listening, you might want to head on down there this weekend to check out this battle. Randy Owen, who has been and may still be a Big wig, a trustee of another university located in the state of Alabama. Do you oh, know yeah. which one? I mean, I'm assuming Auburn. Nope. Auburn? I don't know who. Come on now. No, Jacksonville State. Oh. He's a Gamecock. Okay. Gamecocks are doing pretty good. They are. I think they're, what, 5-2 and two Yeah, they in look, their first they year good. in FBS football? Yeah, Randy Owen doing a good job there with his alma mater, JSU. JSU. But uh, let's get cocky about this battle between that other school in Alabama the Crimson Tide, and Tennessee. What do you expect here at BDS this weekend? A totally different game than last year. You know, last year we had two NFL-caliber quarterbacks, Bryce Young and Hendon Hooker. This year, not so much. We've got Jalen Milrow and Joe Milton. Both those guys have underperformed at best. 
And uh, it's two teams that you don't really know what you're going to get week in and week out. If one of them's got to get their offense rolling this week, if they don't get the offense rolling, it's just it's not going to be pretty for one of them. I mean, I don't think there's any way we see this game go 52 to 49 like last year. Um, these defenses are improved. Offenses are <laughs> nowhere near as good. So I think it's going to be a good game, but I don't think Tennessee will be able to hold with them. That 2022 epic win by Tennessee, their first win in how many years in this series? I mean, a long time. Maybe 15, long 17? Time. Something like that. Yeah. How did you celebrate that loss by Alabama? Um, I didn't really celebrate it at all. I was listening <laughs> to the game riding home from an Ole Miss game, so I, I didn't even watch it. <laughs> I didn't see it either, but. We've sure heard about it for about yeah for about a year, and Alabama's ready to start another streak. Yeah, you know that Saban, the coaches, the players, the fans. This is the one game that's been on for Alabama. It's been on their mind for the last year for sure. Um, you know, hundred thousand fans are going to be pretty loud down there this weekend. I think it's going to be a absolutely hostile environment for Vols and Vol fans. Good luck. Well, to Tennessee's credit. I I've I've spent a lot of time in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I really have. I I know a fair amount about Crimson Tide Nation, okay? And for a lot of Alabama fans, this is their number one rivalry, really? Tennessee, not Auburn. Remember, they didn't even play Auburn for a long time. Right. That that particular series got a little testy and they stopped playing, but they always played Tennessee. Oh, yeah. And so I think some of the reason Bama fans say that the Tennessee game is their biggest rivalry is probably a way to rub at Auburn, to tick Auburn off probably a little so. bit more. Probably oh, so. Oh, well, our biggest rival. It's kind of like Mississippi, maybe arguably, this is true, considers LSU to be the biggest rival. Right. Maybe just to get it, Mississippi State. Which it works. But I, I do know that those fans do get more excited beating LSU than the school beneath them. But this weekend it's Alabama and Tennessee and a, a great game. Is is this this is the best game in the South this weekend? Best game in the South this weekend, I would say. Yes. All right. We're going to talk about some other national games going on this weekend. Who you got in this one? Bama, Tennessee. I mean, I'll, I'll roll with Bama. You're going to roll with the tide. Roll with the tide. All right. So what else we got in the SEC? There's another game in the state of Alabama Saturday evening on the Plains, a very – a struggling Auburn football team. Indeed. Three What's and the, three. What, two and three? Three and three. Three and three. Yes. What's going on with Mr. Freeze? I mean, it's his first year coaching down there. Um, so he's got, you know, it's a rebuilding year for them. They've got um, a transfer in from Michigan State. can't remember what his name is for quarterback, but he's not playing this weekend. So they're starting Robbie Ashford, who played last year. Why is he not starting? Uh, just hasn't been great. <laughs> He's okay. not been good at all. Didn't know if it was an injury. Don't believe it's an injury, no. Uh, but Robbie Ashford is starting this weekend for Auburn. Last year, he cut up Ole Miss for a ton of yards. He he looked incredible in that game last year. Um, so I would expect – Still lost. Uh, did they? I'm pretty sure. I thought it was like 40-something to nothing last year. Who? 40-something to 20. Auburn. Auburn beat Lane Kiffin last year? I, I find that hard to believe. Well, I'm I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, I think you should, Mr – Powder blue. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. It was 48-34. It was the year before last. Yeah, yeah okay. Let, let, last. Me, let me tell you about college football. <laughs> now, I, I just knew that Auburn last year literally fired their coach more yes. than just about halfway through the season. Old so Brian Harson, man. And when you lose to the Mississippi schools and you're a coach of an Auburn or Alabama team, you're going to get fired. That's how it usually goes. <clears throat> but this weekend, you got a battle of former Rebel coaches, or one current, one 
one former, and you got Kiffin versus Lane Kiffin. No, did I say Kiffin? <laughs> Freeze. Well, I mean, they're very similar. Yeah, hey, very similar. Big personality guys. And and, and the the whole uh, visor type deal. You got offenses that are essentially the same. I would, I guess. I mean, they're essentially the same. It's just a matter of Auburn not having all the pieces to run theirs like they want to right now. I would say. I mean, because they they haven't looked great on the offensive side of the ball. A lot of their games have been snooze fests, really. Um, but their defense has played good, so I think it should be a pretty interesting game. Did this you weekend. see Auburn's LSU game? Yes. What happened there? Uh, Jaden Daniels is unreal. That's the LSU quarterback. He's one of the best players in the nation, and he showed it. Mm. Jaden Daniels. Kiefer Ingles is he's the president of your fan club, it appears. <laughs> I don't know about that. What else we got SEC-wise this SEC weekend? SEC-wise, let's see here. I know that LSU, they're, they're playing old Army, so that's not really that, that uh, exciting. Um, South Carolina, it's exciting to me. It, well, maybe it is. Maybe it's Go exciting Black to Knights. some. Yeah. So um, South Carolina, Missouri, uh, Missouri, they they had a pretty good performance last week against Kentucky. So South Carolina, they they're two and four, but so they're out of it. But Missouri <laughs> sitting at six and one, they're sitting in a pretty good spot. I got an update, an injury update for that game what in Como. South Carolina coach Shane Beamer. <laughs> Is going to be available for that game. Yeah, he'll be he, available. He'll be hobbling around a little bit, yeah, I believe. He, tell us about what happened. So, last weekend, um, South Carolina versus Florida. It was a knockdown, dragout game. Came down to the very last play. Um, and afterwards, I don't know if there's any specifics that have been released about this, but old, the head ball coach of South Carolina kicked a wall, broke his foot in frustration. <laughs> no, he kicked a Gatorade bucket. I a think. Gatorade bucket. Okay, yeah. that's what it was. But, I mean, what a... <laughs> What a crazy thing to do. His athletic director, Ray Tanner, when Beamer, Beamer told him what happened, he said that Ray Tanner, the former Gamecock baseball coach, just broke out laughing <laughs> as a result of that uh, frustration. I it's, mean, it is funny, but, you know, you don't, I mean, you don't want a player doing that. You can't have your coach doing that. Well, that was a winnable game. South Carolina actually had, what, a, a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter? I'm not sure if Florida. it was double digit, but I mean it wound up being a 41-39. Two score lead. They had they had two possession on top of the Gators in that fourth quarter. They and, did. It and, was it was thirty seven to twenty seven, and, and then uh, the with with nine minutes to go, and then the Gators scored with four. That minutes, would be double digits from yeah. where, where I'm from. That call they call that double digits. Yeah, you're from up there, up north. <laughs> <laughs> so the Gamecocks choked, and the Gators, to their credit, went into Columbia and won that one, and, and an important win for Coach Napier for sure. Very important win for that program because they they don't have to be the top of the SEC, but they got to at least be showing signs that they're going in the right direction. Right, and they already got a win over the Gamecocks. Got one over Tennessee. Right, so UF fans. They're, they? not, they're not as happy as they want to be, but they're you know they're they're getting by down there. Yeah. All right, Gators. Do they have a game this weekend? Uh the Gators. I am not sure who they play this weekend. I feel like it may be their bye. I don't think they've had a bye yet. Yeah. Um. Yes. This week is bye for Florida, Mississippi State, and Arkansas. They play 11 a.m. on Saturday. They're in Arkansas. Why, why is Sam Pittman catching so much grief? Um. Well, they're, they're not winning games. You know, they're two and five now. Granted, they've played. A lot of these teams close, and they've scored. Their offense has been fine. Um, you know, they've just given up more points than they've scored. So they haven't won any of these games. And they've lost five in a row. Alabama, Mississippi, or Ole Miss, A and M, LSU, BYU, and uh, you know it's a pretty big murderer's row. Other than BYU, it's a pretty pretty tough schedule. So Arkansas is definitely looking to turn it around this weekend against Mississippi State. CBS has a game at high noon on Saturday. It is one of the 
Commander's Cup games. The Navy midshipmen are going to be hosting the undefeated Air Force Falcons yeah, there contenders. in Annapolis. Tell me about Air Force. What are they doing? They are the best team in Colorado. They are. I mean, they're undefeated. It's it's crazy to see a, one of the military schools have its, a, their football team be undefeated. But they look great, man. You know, they're they're ranked 22nd right now, um, 6-0. They've got Navy this weekend. Navy has not looked great this year. Their new coach that they hired runs the exact same scheme and offense, offensively and defensively as the old coach. So, I mean, literally no improvement there. But Air Force looks good, and I expect them to, uh, to get the victory this weekend. Another top team out of the American – top 25 team out of the American Conference is Tulane. Tulane's got the Eagles of North Texas coming into Yuleman Stadium. Tulane, I think, survived the tough battle last week. They did. And oh, Memphis – yeah, they, they beat Memphis. In, first time they'd beaten Memphis since that 1998 season of which they were undefeated. How about that? Tommy Bowden coaching them back in the day. But how about Tulane continuing to win? And they had a lead against – or had a chance to beat the University of Mississippi in that second week, and they might be in the top ten right now. They would be. I mean, that first half against Ole Miss was a great game by the Tulane. And, you know, they're playing East Texas uh, – or North Texas this week, and that offense has been scoring a lot of points almost every week. Um, they lost to Navy 27-24, but they've put up 40 points in every other game except that. Um, so that's an offensive, offense that's definitely rolling. I mean, I expect this one to be pretty high scoring down there in, uh, in New Orleans. Let's move over to the ACC this weekend. And you've got the top 10 Tar Heels of UNC. You've got UVA coming in for a rivalry game. Yeah. Um, UVA, man, they just, they just don't look that great. No, they've had a lot of problems. I mean, <laughs> right. off the field and on the field. Right. Uh, the, off the field, on the field, you know, it's problems left and right for them. I just – I really don't see um, North Carolina struggling much um, in this game. They looked pretty decent this past weekend against Miami. Miami, you know, really a coin flip if you think they're good or not. But I think uh, I think that North Carolina's got a good chance of rolling but very I, well. I bring weekend. that game up because the Tar Heels and Mac Brown are number 10 in the country. Number 10 in the country. They're, they're marching quickly to a possible playoff team. For this season, also in the ACC, you got a top sixteen battle going on at the Doke as the Knowles, ranked number four, have the Duke Blue Devils coming in. Duke only the one loss to Notre Dame, and right. Duke ranked number sixteen. Right, Duke ranked number sixteen. The big question mark on this game for me is the Duke quarterback Riley Leonard. So he got injured in the last play of that Notre Dame game. Uh, it's a extreme ankle sprain, I believe, is how they described it. You don't usually hear that descriptor, but. It's up in the air if he's going to play this weekend. If he plays, I expect you know this to be a pretty close game. Duke is obviously they've shown that they're good, that they can contend with these better teams. Florida State though, if Riley Leonard's not playing, they're going to roll. And I mean the spread right now is fourteen and a half for Florida State. I if if Riley Leonard's playing for Duke, I don't expect that them to cover that. But if if he's out, I expect Florida State to roll. All right, that's a big game in the ACC this weekend. Also, want to let you know. Let's talk a little Big Twelve. What, what, what's shaking up there? Oklahoma continues to sort of be where most people are looking. Right. Now they they got the vi- big victory over Texas. Yeah, they look good. They're, like, the, they're the team to beat in the Big Twelve down there. Anybody else? I mean, it's still Texas is still they're still in it. They'll have to play again, I believe, um, in the championship game for the Big Twelve. So that will be a. I don't think Texas is going to make it. Who? 
You think Kansas will be they'll, making it over them? They'll, I don't know who it's going to be, but Texas is likely to lose two more games. You heard it right here on the y'all show. Hey, you heard it here first. I don't know if uh, if, we'll replay, if we'll ever be bringing up the replay of this one, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I think Oklahoma seems to be doing good. Who do they have quarterback in that team? So it's UCF transfer Dylan Gabriel. Okay. So he was – He's a guy from Hawaii. I'm not really sure where he's from. He kind of looks like he could be from Hawaii. Yeah, there was a, there was a UCF quarterback from Hawaii that was really good, and then he he, he had some issues or something. Okay. Uh, that's is that maybe McKenzie Milton? Could be the one that got injured. Yeah, it could be. I don't know. Who knows? Um, but no, Oklahoma no, but looks we're good. supposed to know. We're like supposed to be experts at this. Well, supposed to be. Um, <laughs> Oklahoma, you know, their quarterback Dylan Gabriel, he's great. Their offensive coordinator Jeff Lebby, he's great. Um, the defense looks great. You know, that was always Brent Venables, their head coach's strong suit at Clemson, obviously, as he was the defensive coordinator. But they look good. I mean, Oklahoma's a team to beat in the Big 12 for sure. All right, one other national game of note that a lot of the pundits will be talking about. It's Penn State, ranked number seven, and Ohio State, number three, there at the Big House. I guess not the Big House. The Horseshoe. The Horseshoe. Sorry, I get my Yankee Stadium nickname. Really, really really bad to confuse those two. (laughs) Uh, Who cares? Ohio State and Penn State, it's a – Number seven versus number three. Your thoughts on that yeah, one? Yeah, huge matchup. Um, probably the biggest matchup for both these teams this year. Ohio State, they've already been tested once in that Notre Dame game, but we've seen Notre Dame, obviously they've lost twice now. So, that you know, that, that, that win is starting to mean less and less. Penn State, though, they haven't really played anybody. They haven't been tested. Um, they're coming off like a 56 to nothing victory over UMass, but that's UMass. They're horrible. Um, the Penn State offense does look great. Ohio State's defense looks great. Ohio State's offense does not look that great. However, it is improving over the past couple of weeks. I mean, the total for this game, I believe, was set at 45 and a half. I mean... I don't know what you're talking about. Well, you don't know what I'm talking about, but that's going to be the most bet game of the week, if I had to guess, is the, the over in that game right there. Because these are two high-powered offenses, and if you're ready to back James Franklin, take the uh, Penn State Nittany Lions. He's 1-11 uh, versus ranked teams on the road, though, so good luck. Franklin is? Yeah. Well, that one's a big national game. Uh, where's game day this week? Do you know? You don't know. I don't know. I would figure it'd be at Ohio State. Let me just see if I can find out real quick. I thought Corso had you on speed dial. Well, usually he calls me up before just to make sure that it's a good location, you know, before they pick it, just to get my uh, opinion on it. But I didn't get that call this week. Hopefully he's doing all right. Mm. Let's talk about the fact that we're now halfway through the football season. Insane. Time flies, man. So, knowing that we're halfway through Kiefer Ingles, our special pigskin prognosticator here on the Y'all Show. Oh, the game day's at Ohio State. Okay. That, well, then where's for Fox College kickoff? Are they going to be at a Colorado game? Ah, you never know. I think they might be. Where is Fox? Okay, well, uh, who, who's on there? Uh, I have no Reggie idea. Bush, is he part of that Fox College kickoff thing? You don't know? No, you don't I watch? Do. Don't you're watch you're loyal to ESPN? Loyal to ESPN, man. Usually I'm uh, hitting the links on Saturday morning trying to get Are to you really? So I'm not watching any kind of college game day. <laughs> what an idiot. What an idiot, you know. Yeah. Go out there and uh, – but What an idiot because that's like expensive to play on Saturdays and Sundays on a golf course, right? Depends on who you know, man. Oh, well, I don't know anybody. I guess you're a member. You're a member of the country club. Hey, if you're trying to join Oxford Country Club, get your money up first before you ask. Uh, Good Lord. Not planning to join. I'm uh, no. I'm more of the WVCC. Hey, they're not planning on anybody to join with what they're charging. No. <laughs> you just show up and pay in an honor box. It's crazy. So, have you got me an answer on that? I'm still searching. You're still searching. All right, still so searching. While you're searching, I'm going to make you do double duty here. Do double duty. Halfway through the season, this year, for the last time, I think, you have four 
playoff team. Yes, last year of it. Next year it switches over to the 12-person format with schools hosting. So that's going to be awesome for campuses across the country, you know, hosting playoff games on campus. It's going to be unbelievable. Okay. Well, that's what you think. Uh, so Kiefer Ingles, if you had four boxes and you could reveal the four playoff teams right now, those four playoff teams are Washington, Florida State. Take your time. Georgia. Your, why, why Washington? You don't think they're going to lose a game between now and the rest of the season? I mean, they may, but, but you still think I still they think can... they're. I think the only team they would lose to would be a, in a rematch to Oregon. Okay. In the in the championship game. Well, that's not possible. How's it not? Aren't they in the same division of the Pac-12? Negative. I don't think so. Yeah, they're in the Pac-12. All they were North. talking about during that game was the. Unless the Pac-12 got rid of again. divisions this year. I mean, they're going to get rid of the Pac-12 next year. Right. It is the last year of the Pac-12. I, I still think they have a geographic division over there, so they can't be. It is all one division. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's all one division. Okay. So they will. I think it's, it'll just be the top two teams that play in the, okay. the championship for the Pac-12. All right. I stand corrected. So, so it, the Huskies, I'm seeing, UW? I'm seeing Big Noon kickoff also in Columbus. Well, how about that? I mean, I didn't figure that would be uh, possible. Possible, but, I mean, I guess it is. Okay, so Washington and who's your second team? Florida State, FSU making yeah, it. I All think right. FSU is going to make it in. I think Georgia's going to make it in. Um, just depends on really how they play without Brock Bowers and how the rest of their season goes. They don't really have any. The only tester games they have the rest of the year: Tennessee and Ole Miss. And if if you could even call those tester games, I mean Georgia, they look awesome. They looked terrible against Vanderbilt last weekend, but I think they're going to get it all together by the time that this thing. Georgia lines must be up. off this week. They are off. Okay, for them. So the dogs off to Georgia, Washington, FSU, and the last Kiefer Ingles playoff team is projected to be who? Michigan. Michigan. All right. So you're going to pick them over Ohio State. Yeah, I think Ohio State, you know, they may lose this weekend. Um, I don't think Michigan's going to lose in the regular season. I don't think they're going to lose when they play Penn State. I don't think Michigan's going to lose to Ohio State. Um, The Michigan offense has been – you know they've been knocking on the door left and right. They look great. I just think uh, I think that's a good top four for me. Now next year the top twelve, it's going to be awesome. I, I, don't can, I can't so. wait. I I I I I must object. Send your objections to uh, the director of compliance. <laughs> okay, keeper. Always good to talk to you. <laughs> yes, Thank sir, you. Thanks for having me. And we'll see you back here next Thursday for college football prognosticator himself, Kiefer Ingles. We're going to wrap up this hour of the All Show after this break.
up this opening hour of the Thursday Y'all Show with a little AJ and Mercury Blues. And with cars on our mind, we got a little hashtag hullabaloo fun to tell you about. And we go to X where we find the account for Griselda at Zellatings, Z-E-L-L-Y-T-I-N-G-S, and at Zellatings writes, I love that my Uber driver took his wife's call on speaker, telling her he wants mac and cheese for dinner. LOL, the South hashtag. (laughs) Oh, man, that's pretty cool. Taking that call from your wife and she wants mac and cheese for dinner. Mm -mm. You know, there's an art to good mac and cheese, and I don't know what that art is. I really don't. I wish someone would tell me because I had some awesome mac and cheese while I was away last week at a couple of different restaurants and they were all just a little bit different from each other. And I wasn't the only one that took notice and said, man, that's some good stuff right there. It was heavenly to be honest with you. So yeah, I, I don't know what maybe cottage, cottage cheese. Is that going to some recipes for Mac and cheese, I don't know, but boy, it's a lot better than right out of the box, which a lot of people use the old Kraft brand for that. Nothing wrong with that. It it serves its purpose for sure. But uh, if you can get your hands on a really good recipe that tastes like mama maybe never made, maybe your mom did the whole Kraft thing too. That's that's fine and dandy, but man, if you get your hands on that good, tasty stuff, that makes it all worthwhile, and that's what this Uber driver evidently wanted his wife. She knew how to make good mac and cheese, and so on speakerphone while riding in the Uber, hey, baby, how about making me some of that mac and cheese? Mm-mm. I'll tell you what, we're going to scramble up some good food, some good food for thought coming in hour two of the Y'all Show. You hang on. We've got... Great entertainment news and more headed your way on the show that shakes the Southland. Take it away, Alan Jackson! Welcome back in hour number two of the show all about the Southeast today. And in this hour, we've got headlines coming in from across the South. I'm going to tell you about Tammy. Tammy in the news. What is that all about? Well, stay tuned. Also, the latest from Washington, D.C. 
as we have our headlines from across the southeast. We also will fill you in on other regional stories of note here on this Thursday Y'all program. If you'd like to be involved with the Y'all Show, you can do that. We have our text line, 615-208-4184, 615-208-4184, or you can email us at mail, M-A-I-L, at Y-A-L-L.com. In addition to news headlines this hour, I've got some entertainment news, some Dolly news that I'll be sharing with you, some Blake Shelton news, all that's coming up. Plus, we have our Southern Recipe of the Day headed your way here in this second hour of the show that shakes the Southland. And if you miss any portion of the Y'all Show, if you're catching us on the radio and you want to go back and listen to anything that we've done, you can find the Y'all Show in podcast form as we're available in Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn app, as well as Apple Podcasts and Apple iTunes. It's the show about y'all. I mean, it really is. It's about y'all. And you can find it there at any of those podcast platforms. Just search The Y'all Show. And if you have a hard time finding it there, then throw out my name for good measure, too. You can put Y'all Show and then type J-O-N. And voila, there we are. Pretty easy to find us here. And we would love to have you be a part of the Y'all family by catching us in podcast form. You know, I highly encourage you to listen to us if you're able to find us on a radio station. Listen to us on the radio station. And then, just so you don't miss any part of the show, go back and listen to that podcast for the same show. So I want you to spend six hours of your day listening to the Y'all Show. How does that sound? That That's because we do three hours of a show and then just listen to it live, listen to it in podcast. And then, then you'll be set. You know, funny thing is I've got listeners who listen to every single show and I, I actually am in touch with some of those people and maybe you're one of them <laughs> and it's pretty freaky. Oh, that would be the word freaky for me as the host to have people tell me what I'm saying and what I'm doing or what I did. And heck, I can't even remember what I've said or what I've did. And then, and I say, well, how do how do you know what I what I what I had or what I did? And they say, well, I listen to your show. I'm like, ah. And then hand slaps forehead, like, ah, oh, of course, yeah. I kind of forget that this show is recorded at times, so I got to watch what I say. All right, because others are listening, and I want to make sure that I don't sound like a complete nincompoop when people bring it up to me. So, thank you for all of you listening. Now. Don't freak me out, okay? So we got all that coming up here in hour number two, and we will get into some entertainment news. I'm excited to, to tell you about that in just a moment. Let's pick up some of the news stories of the day. President Biden, back in the uh, American airspace, it appears, after going to Israel on Wednesday to meet with the, the Israeli leaders and the big mess going on there, it turns out Hamas has... I think just over 200 hostages, it's come out now, that they're officially holding. Some of those are Americans. It would not be a good thing to be a hostage of Hamas. I can't imagine. Of course, some of that area that they're being held in is being attacked by Israeli rockets and Israeli missiles. I guess they're using missiles. It's a very unfortunate thing. Somebody even mentioned to me on Wednesday, this is a sign that the world's coming to an end. No, surely not. 
please, please. But, uh, man, it is a sign that those the folks over there in the Middle East have thousands of years of not getting along, and here we are seeing that bubble up again. Let's hope it stays under control and we find the best solution as a, as a world to figure this thing out. Now, to Russia's credit, Vladimir Putin doesn't get a lot of credit, but, you know, I read about where Russia had this thing worked out, a peace deal, because Israel is actually in contact with Vladimir Putin, and they are, I won't say best friends, but they do have a relationship. They're seeing each other, if you will. I think Israel's a player with just about everybody except for Iran, and evidently Palestine, which isn't really a, a real country, and maybe not even with Lebanon, their neighbor to the north. But Russia had worked out some kind of plan to bring peace between Israel and Hamas. And the West shut it down, including the United States. We didn't want to have Russia be the hero here for this conflict. I don't know what that's all about. But, yeah, Vladimir Putin... Trying to trying to do some good for a change. I still can't believe that he's still in charge of the Russian Federation. I, I can't believe that it's got to be hundreds of thousands of Russian dead now in the year and a half battle that they've had. What was supposed to be a ten day special military operation in Ukraine has cost the lives of over a hundred thousand Russians by most estimates. And why there hasn't been upheaval by the Russian people. I watch videos all the time from Russia and interviews on the street. And about half of the interviews, people are critical. They're not happy with Putin. But half the people are for him, with without a doubt. And I know that they're not the kind of democracy and free speech place that this country is. But, man, you'd, you'd think by now that Russians would have had enough of the killing in Ukraine, senseless killing. There's no excuse for that war to be going on. And there's no excuse for that war to be going on now a year and a half, and the front line really hasn't moved much over the last six months. I mean, it's literally a matter of meters in change of the front line almost every day. And one day it goes this way, And the next day, it comes back the other way. I saw where the Ukrainian forces have gone across with an amphibious assault across from Kherson with another spot that they've got a lot of land. But still, you think with all the money and equipment and the the blood and toil, there would be, and and with old man winter fast approaching, you, you would have thought by now, Vladimir Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, would have had enough momentum to push that thing through. It looks like Ukraine's going to be another bogged down situation throughout the next couple of months. Maybe they're preparing a winter offensive. Now, that'd be something. You know, they don't have very far to go if they were able to, to, to pull out a winter offensive against the Soviet, <laughs> Soviet against the Russian forces. <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, they did it back in World War II. They had winter offenses and Stalingrad and all that. And we got a a big time 
reminder of what winter warfare looks like coming in that part of the world. Let's talk a little bit more about this part of the world here on the Y'all Show. I can tell you that back in 1943 and 44 on the Eastern Front, weather was a big part of the story there. And weather's always been a big part of our story here in Dixie. And I got to tell you about Tropical Storm Tammy. That's a, a new disturbance out in the Atlantic right now. The National Hurricane Center said that Tammy is going to bring up to six inches of rain, gusty winds, and some rough seas to some of the islands of the Caribbean as it got stronger today, and it's continuing to track closer to the Leeward Islands. The official forecast path shows Tammy strengthening and possibly becoming a hurricane by early Saturday. Now, as of 7 o'clock today, 7 Central, 8 Eastern, Tropical Storm Tammy, located 465 miles east-southeast of Guadalupe and was tracking to the west at 16 miles per hour. Tropical Storm Watches, in effect for Barbados, Dominica, Martinique, and Guadalupe, as well as Antigua, Barbuda, Montserrat, St. Kitts, Nevis, and the islands of Saba and St. Eustatius. I haven't heard of that one. I'm sure it's a lovely place. <laughs> but again, this is a, a storm out there in the Atlantic. Churning, and according to forecast, Tammy is going to get stronger today through Saturday and expected to become a hurricane-strength storm Saturday. And right now it's tracking to be east of I guess I'm looking at the long range forecast for this thing. I would say it's going to be coming in somewhere near the Virgin Islands and east of the Bahamas at this point. It looks like this thing may turn and go out into the Atlantic and not be a threat early next week, but as we know all too well with storms, look out because this thing could easily be affected by the jet stream and other other factors and end up becoming more of a westward leaning storm and head over to the Atlantic coast of the Southeast. If at all, if that ends up happening. So we'll keep our eye on Tammy, not Tammy Wynette, but tropical storm Tammy making headlines across the Southeast today. Elsewhere in Birmingham on Wednesday, Natalie Holloway, the killer of her officially admitted guilt as Joran Vandersloot, the 36-year-old Caribbean native, said that he killed, he confessed to killing Natalie Holloway, the 18-year-old Alabama teen who had gone down for her senior class trip to Aruba back in 2005 and she was last seen with Vandersloot. And all these years later, it took 18 years, and it took him being extradited to Birmingham for this now two-time murderer to confess that he killed her on that night back in 2005. Supposedly, he had made sexual advances to her. She rejected him, and he murdered her and put her body in the Atlantic Ocean. That's, that's the story. And our thoughts with 
her mom, Beth, and the other family members who've been dealing with this grief for a very long time. But he confesses to killing her while being in an Alabama jail the last couple of days. Joran Vandersloot, a guy who had already been in jail for killing his girlfriend down in South America. And he's going to now be in, in, incarcerated, I guess, for the rest of his life. I'm not sure what the rules are. He's not going to be charged with murder for Holloway. I don't know why, but that's maybe part of his plea. But the guy has wasted a lot of our time and a lot of a lot of media. Oh, what's her name from Georgia? That uh, crime lady. Gosh, she she went to. I had a chance to interview her, Nancy. <laughs> Nancy, what's her name? The crime lady, Nancy. Uh, she she spent probably four years on Natalie Holloway. And uh, now that we got this story all sewed up that he is the man behind her 2005 death. What a what an unfortunate thing. Young kid right at the start of life. I think she was supposed to go to college at the University of Alabama. Went to a very good public school there in the Birmingham area, Mountain Brook, and ends up being murdered on her senior class trip. A little bit more positive news. If you're a Texan, you should wear your hat a little little wider, a little taller today. Congratulations, Texas. You got a new dog in the governor's mansion. Biscuit is Greg Abbott's brand new dog, joining sisters Pancake and Peaches. And Greg Abbott went on social media to introduce the world to Honey Butter Chicken Biscuit. That's the name of this new dog. And she's just going to go by Biscuit at the Austin Governor's Mansion. Beautiful little golden dog there. Biscuit and a nice family picture of Greg and his first lady wife there in Austin. After having a border collie named Oreo pass away back in 2017, Greg and his wife have a thing for golden retrievers, and now that's what they've got. They've got a, a bevy of golden retrievers in Austin. And it looks like they also have a thing for breakfast names with pancake, peaches, and now biscuit. Giving Commander, the White House first dog, a run for the money. I think I like this dog in Austin a little bit more than that thing that's been in Washington, (laughs) D.C. Beautiful dogs. If you're a golden retriever family, then you've got... uh, you got to go follow Greg Abbott on, on social media, Greg Abbott underscore TX, and his border collies that are quickly becoming the thing. You know, Abbott, he's somebody to look out for for a possible, if Trump got the nomination on the Republican side, he's somebody to really keep an eye out for potential VP. I mean, he really is. Here, here's a guy who's, one re-election in, in Texas. He is a guy who is smart. He's a Vanderbilt alum, law school guy, and he's a winner. And he's from arguably the second or third biggest state in the land, in the state of Texas. And so, and, and of course, he's got the disability. He's in a wheelchair. And as far as I know, he's a, a absolute proven conservative and, a, and as far as I know, a good guy. So Greg Abbott, 
someone to kind of keep your eye out on from a political perspective, in my opinion. I'm still waiting for the call from Trump if he's going to, what do they call that, when they investigate you and you're a potential uh, presidential candidate or something like that. I'm having senior moments here, y'all. I am. Uh, but, yeah, that that's what they – that's what they do. They they look they look heavy into your background when you're going to be considered. I wonder who looked into Kamala Harris's background. <laughs> I think they might have missed a few things. Just saying, just saying, and, and for that matter, maybe even Joe Biden and definitely Barack Obama. Of course, the same might be said about George Bush too. Both of them. I don't know, but Greg Abbott, beautiful family picture you got there on your official social media platforms and. Some good-looking dogs, y'all. And that wraps up our news headlines here on the show all about the Southeast for this hour. We will be right back with more of the show that shakes the Southland. Check us out, y'all.com. That's where you can find podcast editions of this program available. So don't miss out on the fun, y'all. You know that. The whole world knows it. We're back here on the Y'all Show talking a little entertainment news out of Music City, USA. And Miss Dolly in the news making headlines again. And we are going to let you know that Dolly says that she sleeps in her makeup so she can always be camera ready in case of emergency. You got to be kidding me, Dolly. The most beautiful... Severeville slash Williamson County lady I know, Dolly Parton. She says that when she arrived in Los Angeles in the 1980s, she started sleeping with makeup on because of the earthquakes. And she said, quote, I thought I'm not heading out on the streets without makeup in case there are cameras out there. I'm going to be ready to go. And 
Seems like a pretty rational decision. I would just hate to be her pillow. I wonder how many of you ladies out there sleep with your makeup on. I've, I've really not thought about it. You know, usually for most women, and I'm not a woman, and, and don't plan on being one in case you're wondering, I bet it's a process every day, several minutes of of having to take it all off. Yes, and uh, Dolly's husband, Carl Dean, who she's been married to more than 50 years now, and, um, you know, in fact, she actually says in this interview about her makeup that she's that even when she's back in Tennessee at her home there, I think in Williamson County, in the Brentwood area, she says that when she's hanging out with Carl, her husband, she doesn't want to look like a hag. So she wears her makeup when sleeping there. So, hey, it works for her. And just keep on looking fabulous, Miss Dolly Parton, okay? And she does look fabulous with that beautiful makeup on, <laughs> no matter where she's located. Again, she must, she must have a pretty good pillow, or maybe she doesn't use pillows. Hmm. You know, pillows and Dolly Parton is a pretty common thing, right? It's a pretty common combination. I'm just going to leave it right there. Let's talk about Blake Shelton. Blake Shelton has unveiled his 2024 Back to the Honky Tonk Tour. Now that he's off the voice, he's going to be, hopefully, for most of you, coming to a arena near you soon. And he's going to have some friends like Dustin Lynch and Emily Ann Roberts join him on his Back to the Honky Tonk Tour presented by Kubota. And got a bunch of dates that we'll be announcing right now. He kicks this thing off in Hershey, Pennsylvania. He's going to have a lot of chocolate before hitting the stage at the Giant Center. February 22nd, he'll be in Hershey. And then he starts traveling across the country. South Louisiana, he'll be at the Cajun Dome in Lafayette. February 29th, he'll be in Austin at the Moody Center, Austin, Texas, March 1st. He'll be back in the Pelican State at Bosher City's Brookshire Grocery Arena on March 2nd. Then he goes up to Canada and Washington State and other states before getting, let's see, he's only got dates right now through the end of March. Come on, Blake. I bet he'll be announcing more dates soon because that's a pretty pretty short tour there, Mr. Back to the Honky Tonk. It lasts February 22nd right now. It lasts February 22nd to March 29th. That's, what is that, five weeks? Blake, you need to be burning up the rubber, man on your back to the honky tonk tour, but it's good to see him back there. In fact, let me tell you what he wrote because he uses the word y'all in his post. He wrote on in social media Wednesday, we're going back to the honky tonk in 2024. Looking forward to hitting the road again with my friends, Kubota USA and bringing Dustin Lynch music and Emily Ann music out for the fun. Tickets go on sale Friday, October 27th and November 3rd. Register for exclusive pre-sale access at BlakeShelton.com. And then he wraps up this post with the following. See y'all soon. From Oki, Blake Shelton. Well, Blake, we wish you well. You're just not performing enough in the Southeast, my friend. You're going to have to fix that. I guess that lady that you're married to now is calling your name a little bit more than I would like. And, you know, she, she can come along. She can come along for the ride. 
but you need to be performing a little bit more, sir. You've been off the road too long, and I want you to come back to the honky-tonk and back to the theaters and concert arenas and wherever else you perform across this land with your upcoming show. But some Blake Shelton and Dolly Parton news on this y'all show on our Thursday edition. We're going to wrap up this second hour of y'all. When we come right back, we've got some food to talk about, some food for thought. And that'll close out hour two on the show all about Dixie. Stay tuned. the lady that i was just mentioning before we went to break there is going to be on tour with blake shelton in 2024 that's emily ann roberts born in knoxville tennessee she's 24 years young and you might know her from her time on some of the reality tv shows she was on the voice and she was on team blake shelton on season nine and she's already put out her first single stuck on me and you which went into the top 40 of iTunes. And now she's got this song out right now that we're playing. Sounds pretty good. What do you think? And that song right there features Vince Gill and Ricky Skaggs. Man, what a lineup for this talented Tennessean who, again, is from the Knoxville area. She graduated from Carnes High School in Carnes, Tennessee, and then went on to be on The Voice and More. Carnes is a small community in Knox County, 
11 miles from downtown Knoxville is where you'll find that East Tennessee town of Carnes. But Emily Ann Roberts, she's going to be teamed up with Blake Shelton. Now, let me team up with you real quick and wrap up this hour of the Y'all Show up talking a little food. And crockpots are on the subject today because, well, I got to give credit to my coworker, Bonnie. She was mentioning to me on Wednesday about how she's been working on a crockpot recipe and putting something in the crockpot. She was excited about that, and she should be. Crockpot cooking is pretty cool, y'all, and it's pretty easy. Well, I have found a website called crock.pot.com, and on that site, they got crockpot recipes everywhere, and they've got it broken down about slow-cooking crockpots and all the tips that you need when you're Using the Crock-Pot, crock-pot.com, the west recipe, the, the website. I can't talk about it. I get so excuse. I, I, I can't even talk about Crock-Pots. I get so excited. You know, I have a, a great memory of Crock-Pots. A lady that was truly my second mother. She took care of me in college and was just such a very important part of my life. She was born in the 19, I think she was born in 1914. So she would have been easily my grandmother's age, more so actually. But she was such a sweet lady, and she never had children. And I was her, her, her I was her son, you could say. And when I moved away to Tennessee right after college, she gave me a crock pot, and she stayed on me all the time about John. You use that crock pot, John, <laughs> and I'm such a slacker. I really didn't use it too much, but it was the thought that counted. That counted, and you know what? I did end up using that crock pot some. So go to this website. I can't really walk through any of these recipes with you because time does not permit. But just some of the ideas that you can get recipe-wise from crock-pot.com. How about a cinnamon swirl French toast casserole slow cooker recipe in a crock pot, y'all? How about Italian meatball hoagies? A recipe there at crock-pot.com. And in honor of HP, we'll just call this recipe out to all of you. Mama's beer chili slow cooker recipe. Although I don't believe HP, as I called her, ever had a beer in her entire life. But boy, did she have some good tea. And boy, did she always have Mountain Dews for me when I was there at her house on the Isle of Palms. Love you. She's been gone way too long now. And that wraps up our crock pot salute. And that wraps up Hour 2 on the show that shakes the Southland, where y'all will be back with Hour 3 right after this.
All right, final hour of this Thursday program, all about the Southeast. Good to have you join us here on a program that's covering everything going on in the 16 southern states and beyond. Got a busy final hour, some developing news coming in as well. I'll get to that in just a second. Also, in this hour, we're going to have our southern travel report. And we'll tell you about some awesome festivals going on this weekend across the southeast. If you don't have your weekend travel plans lined up, and we'll help you out. We're in the helping business here. We just want to help everybody. That's what we're going to do. If you would like to be involved with our little program about Dixon, you can you can be a part. Join us. We've got an empty seat here. Come on. Our text line, 615-208-4184. And you can email us, M-A-I-L, mail at Y-A-L-L dot com. Mail at y'all dot com. The easy way to get in touch with us here at y'all. And we're available each and every day. You can catch us on awesome stations. But also, if you miss any of the show or miss sections of the show or the whole Gum show, we'll help you out with that. We got our podcast available. And so you can just simply go to y'all dot com. That's the South's homepage. Y'all.com has a whole section. In fact, I was looking at the website again last night. I look at it pretty often. You know, you, you kind of do that when you're the publisher of it. <laughs> but I noticed, really, I hadn't, I guess I hadn't paid much attention. But the Y'all show on the Y'all.com homepage, it's highlighted in red. So just go to Y'all.com and look for the big red highlighted deal. You click on that. You come down, and, and right there on that page, we got every one of our more than 600 episodes of the Y'all show available for you to listen to. And some of our shows have video, and you can watch the sauce being made by going to y'all.com. Then we also have the Y'all Show available in Spotify, on iHeartRadio, TuneIn as well. And then you can find us in Apple Podcasts and Apple iTunes. It's the easiest show in the world to find. Just search Y'all Show, and we're right there awaiting you're listening, and we appreciate you doing that here on Y'all, the program about the Southeast. So we've got headlines coming in today in this hour, festival talk, and more. Now let's get to the developing story that has just come out here on this Thursday, and this involves Sidney Powell. Sidney Powell, the Trump attorney, now has pleaded guilty in the Georgia election subversion case. Now, Sidney Powell, in my opinion— was the worst attorney for Trump amongst all of the attorneys that were assisting him during the 2020 election crisis. I thought that she would, I thought she would be smarter and help him out. And here she goes pleading guilty. The first person to plead guilty in this whole deal as part of her plea, she's admitting her role in the 2021 breach of election systems in Coffee County, Georgia. And with the help of local GOP officials, a group of Trump supporters accessed and copied information from the county's election system in hope of proving that the election was rigged against Trump. Fulton County prosecutors are recommending for Sidney Powell a sentence of six years probation and she's going to be required to testify at future trials, write an apology letter to the citizens of Georgia, and pay nearly $9,000 in restitutions and fines and turnover documents. 
This, again, to my, in my opinion, was the attorney that hurt Trump the most in 2020. Because, first of all, she was also maybe the most visible person. She was always on TV. She was always talking. And you thought that Sidney Powell knew what the heck she was doing if, if indeed there were election shenanigans going on back in 2020. Now, Trump is a co-defendant in this Fulton County case. And this is not a good thing for Trump today, to have her turn on him, to, 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 to accept the plea deal. If she pleads guilty, I would expect others to do the same thing. Remember, Cheeseboro is also an attorney, and he's also been packaged with her. She tried to go for, first with Cheeseboro, I believe, and be separated from all the other people named. And we're already seeing Jenna Ellis, another young attorney, say some not-so-positive things about Trump, and she was as Trump as Trump could be up until this whole Georgia case. I'm scared as a Trump Trump person, as a conservative, I'm really scared about this Georgia case more than any of them, and I always have been. For one reason, it's out of the federal scope, and it's in a very partisan place that matters. And Trump had a hand in this thing. I mean, with the phone call and more, which he is allowed to make a phone call. He is, he's allowed in first amendment world to be ticked off about what was going on. But in a very partisan Fulton County, Georgia, I don't think it's going to matter. And the story today is Sidney Powell has pleaded guilty in her election subversion case, and she's not going to face jail time but she is likely going to have six years probation. She's probably going to lose her license to practice law. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know why this happened today, but it, but it did. The big story in Trump world today, and I haven't cut on CNN yet, but I bet they're having a field day with this thing. They're going to break away from Israel coverage to tell you all about Sidney Powell on the left-leaning channels today because, you know, they've actually taken a break from Trump because of the Israel-Hamas war. This has probably been the longest stretch that Trump hasn't been the number one topic in a couple of years. Even Ukraine stuff hasn't trumped Trump. But now today, this is uh, not a good thing, and I don't have what Trump's reaction is to the Sidney Powell plea deal. But I bet you he's got something to say about it. Or does he? Remember, he just kind of got told told this week, you better pipe down, mister. We're going to have you on a bit of a gag order with some of this stuff. So, You know who's doing a end zone dance right now? You know who's smiling? Smiling big? It's Nikki Haley. If I see one more commercial, not about her, but I keep getting inundated with commercials that say how terrible Joe Biden is, but if you go with Trump to go against Joe Biden, well, Biden's going to win again. Have y'all seen those commercials? Maybe you don't have the, uh, the, the, the robots, what do they call those things? Uh, bots, the bots out there are tracking you like they're tracking me. <laughs> but 
every time I cut on the TV, every time I go to the computer, I get that same group that's not endorsing a certain candidate. But essentially the message is if you want to not have Biden president again in 2024, then you better not go with Trump because Trump's going to make Biden be elected because people hate Trump that much. Could be some truth to it. But I tell you what, Nikki Haley is getting geared up to be that knight in shining armor. I don't know if knight is a word that applies to both males and females. Knight S. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Ron DeSantis is crashing and burning for some reason. I thought he would be the surefire number two guy if Trump couldn't get across the finish line on this thing. But that daggum Nikki Haley, who I do not think you should be going for, she is a she's she's not a good good candidate. She is not a good person. Just take it from me. I'm I am not in the Nikki Haley camp. Not that you care what I think. And uh, but she's she's getting the momentum, man. And she's talking smack about Trump. And she's out saying you don't need to go with Trump. He's going to be ineligible. I think essentially that's what she's out saying. So don't go with Nikki Haley, conservatives. She's not who you need. And people are going with her. You know why? Because she's a female. We should have out. We should already had another female join in on this race. Where's Carly Fiorina when you need her? You know she hates Trump. Where is she? Where are other females? Why didn't why doesn't Christy Nome go ahead and jump in? I don't, I don't want to see Nikki Haley get all this love just because she's the only female that's announced. She doesn't deserve to be president. She doesn't deserve to be president for a lot of reasons, one of which she basically told Trump she wouldn't run if he were going to run, and she lied about that. So who's going to step up? I mean, there's plenty of time. There, there's still time for others to join the race. I think, what was it, in 2020, Michael Bloomberg jumped in kind of late. And that guy guy should have had a better chance to win. I mean, I don't know how that guy with that much money could have had such a terrible campaign. I think he got beat up bad in in the debates, especially the one in South Carolina that was in Charleston. And he... He probably could have beat Trump if up against him in a general election, but it never got to that. He got he got beat out by Joe Biden, for God's sakes. Bloomberg, with all the money he's got. Whew. What's he up to now, I wonder? Counting his money, I guess. <laughs> but again, the day today's big story out of the Atlanta case against Trump is that you're gonna have a plea deal going on with attorney for Trump in the past, his election attorney, Sidney Powell, reaching a plea deal today. Also want to remind you that there is a tropical storm forming in the Atlantic. It's called Tropical Storm Tammy. It is expected to strengthen on a path toward the Leeward Islands. And this thing could end up affecting several islands over the next couple of days. Today, it was roughly 400 miles east-southeast of Guadalupe, tracking to the west at 16 miles per hour with sustained winds of 60 miles per hour. 
it is expected to reach hurricane status before the weekend. Tropical Storm Tammy, add that to your weekend viewing if you're wanting to check in with what's going on weather-wise around the country. What's going on? Well, Tammy's not going to affect the southeast this weekend, thank goodness. But if you don't have your weekend plans all lined up, you just need to hang on a moment. When we come back on The Y'all Show, we've got our Festive South feature where we tell you about great festivals across the southeast going on this weekend. And we want you to... Well, we want you to stay tuned for the fun because we'll tell you what those are. We're going to be celebrating in some states all kinds of food-related festivals, and many will be related to fall. And there's one festival that even has the word y'all as part of it. So we'll be talking about a bog festival and so much more when the Y'all Show, the Thursday edition, continues. Santana for you. Bringing us in from break. Santana and a song called Hot Tamales. Mm-hmm. Hot tamales on our mind as we start this segment off. This is what we call Festive South. It's a look at some great festivals going on across the southeast this weekend. If you don't have your weekend all lined up, maybe one of these festivals will catch your ear and you'll be like, oh, yeah, sign me up. I'm getting in the car and I'm heading to that festival. Hot tamales will be front and center in Greenville, Mississippi this weekend. It's the Delta Hot Tamale Festival, and that's taking place at 504 Central Street in downtown Greenville, Mississippi, right on the Mississippi River of the Magnolia State in the Mississippi Delta. Delta Hot Tamales, if you've not had a Delta Hot Tamale specifically from Mississippi, specifically from Greenville, I'm fortunate that a place I go to pretty regularly has Greenville, Mississippi hot tamales available for sale because if you make a hot tamale and I've had a a great opportunity to make one, make a few, actually a couple dozen, and it was a pain and you know what to make them. I'm not going to do it again, but it was a little fun. It would have been better if I'd had a partner to help me make it, but uh, man, this place I go to get some delivered from Greenville, Mississippi. Because you can freeze hot tamales and then resell them. 
And so they have a whole freezer full of awesome tamales. In fact, the owner one time, they don't have this place that I go to open during the dead of winter. It's a place open from roughly March until about this time of year. I better go get me some right now before I before they close down for the 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 dead of winter. But I remember one time, maybe in January, someone said, "Hey, you ought to call that guy because I think he's got tamales for sale, even though his business is not open during this time of year." And I called him up, man. And he was ready to sell me some hot tamales in the dead of winter. <sighs> Where's his number? I need to keep that. On speed dial. But hot tamales, if you've not had a hot tamale, mm, 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 the, the Mississippi slash Mid-South version, they have great tasting hot tamales in Arkansas, and they've got them in West Tennessee in select places. But boy, do they have them good in Mississippi. And in Greenville this weekend, it's the Delta Hot Tamale Festival. You can go get your fill of delicious tamales Make sure you take your own favorite hot sauce along and maybe even your own cracker, too, in case they don't have that available. My personal favorite are Captain's Wafers. Tamales, cut them up with a knife and then put put some on a Captain's Wafer and then put a little Tabasco, and I'm in tamale heaven. This weekend, it's the Delta Hot Tamale Festival in Greenville, and if you go there, You'll have a performance Saturday night by by singer Chase Beckham all in Washington County, Mississippi this weekend for that great event going down. This weekend in Ella J., Georgia. It's the Georgia Apple Festival in that little special town north of Atlanta. And this is happening Saturday and Sunday in Ella J. on Main Street. It's the Georgia Apple Festival for 2023 And they do grow a few apples in that section of North Georgia. So please, if you're listening to us anywhere within a couple of hundred miles of LJ, it seems like a perfect place to go this weekend for the Georgia Apple Festival. Happening in Bentonville, Arkansas this weekend, it's Fall Y'all Craft Fair at the Benton County Fairgrounds. And that's on Regional Airport Boulevard in Bentonville in Northwest Arkansas. It's Fall Y'all Craft Fair, and that's all day Saturday. You can stop by and see the headquarters of Walmart while you're in the area, but we really want you to head over to those fairgrounds and check out It's Fall Y'all in Bentonville this weekend. Just up the road from Fayetteville is where you'll find this in northwest Arkansas. Happening this weekend in Bryson City, North Carolina. It's never too late. It's never too early to celebrate our farmers. And in Bryson City this weekend, farmers will be saluted in a big way. It's the Plow Days Festival in Bryson City, North Carolina. That's happening Saturday afternoon. So go put your John Deere cap on or maybe jump on your John Deere tractor or your Massey Ferguson or International or whatever your preferred tractor is and head over to Bryson City for the Plow Days Festival. In Leonardtown, Maryland this weekend at the St. Mary's County Fair Association on Fairgrounds Road, they're hosting Saturday the U.S. Oyster Festival. And that's all day Saturday and Sunday 
oysters. <laughs> oh, shucks. <laughs> right there in Maryland, in Leonardtown for the U.S. Not, not Maryland and not Leonardtown Oyster Festival. This is the United States Oyster Festival going down this weekend. You know it's going to be good. Going on this weekend in Kentucky, it's the 39th annual Salt Festival. And that's at the Big Bone Lick State Historic Site on Beaver Road in Union, Kentucky. Salt being celebrated this weekend in Union, Kentucky. I wonder what they got. They must have a salt mine. I bet you that's, you know, I'm not going to try to predict why they have these festivals, but usually there's a local connection. And in Union, Kentucky, it looks like salt must be somewhere in them there hills. And they've got their 39th annual salt festival. Let me pull up where Union is because I'm sure a lot of you are like, hmm, salt in Kentucky? I knew they had moonshine there, but I didn't know they, and other things. I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't do that. Union is way up in northern Kentucky. It is actually just a few miles down the road from Florence, not far from Cincinnati. So go have you a three-way. And then stop by Union and check out the 39th Annual Salt Festival in Northern Kentucky. All right? Going on this weekend in the state of Missouri, it's the Hannibal Folklife Festival. You know, most of you should know about Hannibal, Missouri. A fellow named Clemens used to live there. This weekend in Hannibal, in Mark Twain's hometown, it's the Hannibal Folklife Festival right there on the banks of the Mississippi. So check it out in the show me state this weekend in Prague, Oklahoma this weekend. It's the pumpkin festival auto show. So not only are pumpkins a delicious and wonderful thing, but you also can look at delicious and wonderful cars at bank first on main street in Prague or knowing how Oklahomans talk. It may be Prague in Oklahoma this weekend, the pumpkin festival auto show in that great section of Oklahoma. This weekend in Loris, in the state of South Carolina, that is in the PD. And this weekend in Loris, South Carolina, at the Chamber of Commerce on Main Street, they're hosting the Loris Bog Off Festival. B-O-G-O-F-F, Bog Off. It's the Loris Bog Off Festival. Now, what in the heck is a Bog Off Festival? It is about a bog. And they're having, instead of a cook-off, they're having a bog-off. And if you haven't had chicken bog, for example, you're missing out. As chicken bog combines the best qualities of both chicken and rice in a great blend. The chicken is juicy and flavorful, and the rice absorbs the flavor of the chicken and spices. And in the best southern style of rice, the grain's actually don't stick together and chicken bog gets its name because the chicken is bogged in the rice and it's just just deliciousness i remember having chicken bog growing up and i would always have a little bottle of ketchup and i would add a little ketchup to my bog but it's all good and most chicken bog recipes are favorites in the community especially in the low country of south carolina they've got very important recipes that get passed down from generation to generation. 
And the neat thing about chicken bogs is you can put a gigantic pot of it together and it will feed dozens, dozens of people. Now, my buddy that lives in Georgetown, South Carolina, was going to come out earlier this year and make me, really it's a chicken bog, but for whatever reason, he called it a perlo. I believe it's what he called that thing, Ch- chicken perlo. I should text him right now and say, what, what's that thing called? But but basically, it's a chicken bog. And so I was going to help put on a birthday party, and I was going to have between 100 to possibly 200 people show up for this thing. And I was looking for a good option for food, something that you didn't have to be there at an exact time. If you showed up a little later, then that would be fine too. And chicken bog was perfect because you could get it ready. It's easy to do. It's not expensive. I think my buddy said he could feed 200 people for about 50 bucks. (laughs) That's pretty good, y'all. Because the neat thing about a chicken bog, it's mostly rice, and it does have chicken in there, but you don't have to have a whole army of chickens cut up and stuck in this big, gigantic pot. And you can do it outside. You don't have to have it in a kitchen. Put it over a, a, a gas burner, and it'll work just fine. It's simple and easy to make, and, again, it helps feed large crowds. If you haven't had your local church group, for example, consider doing a chicken bog, you you ought to. A chicken bog, not only does it have the chicken and rice, but it also includes onions and carrots cut up in there, garlic, and it's all simmered with the rice and chicken stock. And then you just uh, serve it up pretty simple, then get you some maybe some sweet tea, fired up there, and then my buddy was going to make some kind of dessert to go along with it too. I hate it didn't turn out. I really hate it. You know why it didn't turn out? My mother vetoed it. <sighs> what was she thinking? But in this weekend, Mom, join me in Loris, South Carolina, for the Loris Bogoff Festival at the Chamber of Commerce there in that little special spot of the South Carolina PD area of SC, Loris. You know, I should know Loris has a proud history there in that section of South Carolina. Let me pull up here for a second while I'm thinking about it, and I'm gathering up info on our next topic of the day. But uh, Loris SC, because I know they've got a couple of famous people that are from that town. I think that is the hometown of Mr. Brooks. Mr. Brooks, if you don't know who that is, he is the guy that founded Hooters. Robert Brooks, I believe was his name. I had a chance to interview him back. Yep, sure is. Robert Brooks, founder of Hooters from Loris, South Carolina. Mr. Brooks was born in 1937. We lost him back in 2006. Robert Howell Brooks, great man. Never got a chance to shake his hand, but I talked to him on the phone a few times and Love Hooters. And he also founded Naturally Fresh Foods, which is a pretty big deal across the Southeast with their awesome, awesome uh, sauces for, for like dipping sauces. And that's, I think, how he got Hooters going. He created a really good dip for chicken wings and needed a restaurant. I think that's right. Or maybe it could have just been the pretty girls that work at Hooters is why he started. Not sure. But this is the hometown of 
the Loris Bogoff, Loris, South Carolina. Her, it's held each year the third weekend in October. And some people even, I should have mentioned this, some people substitute chicken or they add in with the chicken bog sausage. And it's a big-time, big-time food item of the PD area of South Carolina. And if you go to the Loris Bogoff this weekend, it's got carnival-type rides, concessions, and a petting zoo. All right, so there you have it. Go to Mr. Hooter's hometown of Loris and enjoy the bog off <laughs> this weekend. And the rest of you who don't want to go, or instead of telling me bog off, they're telling me to bug off. They don't want to go eat a chicken bog this weekend. You know, speaking of rice, you could head to Crowley, Louisiana, because this weekend in Crowley, it's the International Rice Festival happening on this third weekend in October. And you'll find that going on starting today through Sunday. International Rice Festival. Because if you aren't familiar, a lot of people living in certain maybe Atlantic states of the South don't realize the history of rice in the Southeast. Rice was actually harvested and still is harvested slightly, but it, it actually was harvested pretty pretty frequently in some of our southern states in the days of colonial America, I know, for example, South Carolina had a bunch of rice fields on the marshlands of that state. Now you'll find rice fields in Arkansas and in Louisiana, maybe even in sections of Mississippi you'll find rice fields. And this weekend in Crowley, they are celebrating rice in a big way. Check it out if you're in the Pelican State This weekend in Cedar Key, Florida, it's the Cedar Key Seafood Festival. That's taking place on 2nd Street in the city of Cedar Key. And enjoy all the delicious seafood that comes out of this wonderful little spot in the state of Florida, Cedar Key. And enjoy seafood. You know, anytime you can get seafood, if you're a seafood lover, it's a dang good thing. But Cedar Key is... Not down by Key West and all those Florida Keys. Actually, Cedar Key is due west of Ocala. It's on the Gulf Coast. Cedar Key would have just been hit pretty bad by the hurricane that went through that section of Florida about a month and a half ago. So I'm hoping that all things are go for this year's Cedar Key Seafood Festival because it's kind of in the Big Bend area of Florida is where it's located. It's very remote, Cedar Key, Florida. But this weekend, in this town, roughly hour, 15 minutes or so north of Tampa on the Gulf Coast, it's the Cedar Key Seafood Festival. We wish everybody the best. And, you know, we haven't really paid much attention to that section of Florida after that most recent hurricane that came through. But we have you in mind, Cedar Key, and we hope you have a wonderful seafood festival here this weekend. This weekend in Nashville. How about this? I've seen this thing on TV several times through the years. It's the Southern Festival of Books, and that takes place on the plaza outside of the Tennessee State House, right outside of the Tennessee State Museum on Rosa Parks Boulevard in Nashville, one of the streets that got renamed that a couple of years ago. I think it's maybe like 8th Avenue, something like that. You know where it is. It's right in the heart of Nashville. It's the Southern Festival of Books. One of the cool things about this thing, I think it may be the largest book festival in the South. 
And so you've got a lot of authors that go to Nashville this weekend and participate. And I can't prove it, but most years C-SPAN broadcasts live from that legislative plaza in front of the Tennessee State Capitol. And you'll see authors from all over come down, sign books. They'll be giving speeches and more. And it's right there in the Music City. But this weekend, it's the literary city of Nash Vegas with the Southern Festival of Books. If you are a bookie, you need to make your way to Nashville this weekend for the Southern Festival of Books. This weekend in Raffine, Virginia, it's the annual Apple Butter Festival. That takes place at Wade's Mill in Raffine, Virginia. That's at Kennedy Wade's Mill Loop in this beautiful section of the Commonwealth. All day Saturday is when you'll find the annual Apple Butter Festival in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Raffine is the name of the city. Going on this weekend in Alabama, it's in Hartzell in North Alabama. You got the Alabama Gourd Festival. Mm-hmm. Nothing like a good gourd at the Sparkman Civic Center in Hartzell in Decatur County. Gourds, gourds galore <laughs> this weekend in North Alabama. Now, if you're not really familiar with gourds or what kind of gourds we got here in the South, the most t- common types of gourds found are the yellow-flavored gourd, or rather, not, not flavored, yellow-flowered gourd is a common gourd right here in Dixie. We also have the, where, where's Dan Morris when you need him, my Morris nursery guy, cucurbita gourds are common here in this part of the world. Also, the Lufa gourd and the Lagenaria gourd, also known as bottle or calabash gourds. Gourds are a rather odd thing. They are, because first of all, they're not that common in our trees. And the shapes they come out with, I mean, pretty amazing stuff. Another example of what the good Lord has out there for us. You can't make this stuff up, gourds. And you can't make up the fact that in Hartzell this weekend in North Alabama, it's the Alabama Gourd Festival. Perfect for fall, don't you think? Do you have your own collection of gourds? Do you have a gourd tree in your yard? Would you like one? (laughs) This weekend in Van, Texas, they're celebrating oil. You know, oil is a big deal in the state of Texas. And at the Van City Park, it is the 94th annual Van Oil Festival in Van, Texas. I wonder if they will let you go out and dig for oil or set up a well in this little spot of Texas. On Interstate 20, Van is not far from Tyler, so uh, I guess you could call this East Texas. Roughly an hour east of Dallas is where Van is located. Oil country for sure. And they've been doing this for 94 years, celebrating oil in the Lone Star State. And check this out Saturday for a big-time event in Van. And then go over to the City of Roses, Tyler, and have a good time in the Tyler Roses hometown of Earl, Texas. I mean, Earl <laughs> Earl Campbell, his hometown, Tyler, Texas, just down the road from Van, Texas. This weekend in West Virginia, it's the Botanical Garden and Fall Festival and that is in Weston, West Virginia, at Smoke Camp Crafts on Carter Avenue, or rather Center Avenue is where that is located. 
Botanical Garden and Fall Festival. That's pretty creative, mixing in Halloween with the fall and, and, and a but botanical, but they call it in this case a botanical garden. And that's all this weekend in Weston, West Virginia. Say that five times fast. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. And that is a look at our various festivals across the southeast this weekend. We got some great stuff going on from tamales to plow days to chicken bog, apple butter, and more. Please get off the Lazy Boy and get out and celebrate this awesome region that we call the southeast. And you can have a big time doing it on this third weekend in October across good old Dixie. We'll wrap this Thursday y'all show up right after the break. We'll give you a good scoop of what's on the pages of y'all.com. That and a little bit more on the show that shakes the Southland. Sly Guitar LRP. We're back on y'all wrapping things up for this hour. And this show and this week actually will be off on Friday. We'll be back Monday. But Leroy Parnell, the Texas, I won't call him Troubadour, but uh, but he, he's had a Troubadour lifestyle. Of course, he was on Arista Records and had big songs like that one right there back in the early 1990s. Leroy Parnell. It ain't a brand new house, it ain't a diamond All right, thank you, sir, for that one. Again, quite a talented guitar player is Mr. Parnell. Going to wrap up this Thursday, y'all, show. Want to thank you again for being a part of our fun and this show here available in podcast form. You can find the y'all show. Just go to Spotify. You also can go to iHeartRadio, the TuneIn app. 
as well as Apple Podcast, Apple iTunes. And you know what? You can also find us at y'all.com. That's the South's official homepage, y'all.com. And go there, my friends, and check out what we got there at y'all. Not just the Y'all Show podcast is found, but we got some great stories. We really do, and we're adding more each and every day. We've got a story up about the best fishing destinations in the entire South and the different areas, what they're known for. Martin Brooks wrote that story, and if you're wanting to go get your rod and reel out and go fishing, then check out this article at y'all.com. Also, we've got a helpful article, Seven Natural Herbs to Boost Vitality. Hmm, that could be helpful. And some of those herbs include sage, ginseng, and rosemary. Check out this great story that Marshall Bone has penned. In fact, Marshall contacted me just, uh, what was it, Wednesday? And he's got a brand new story. i got to get posted at the website right now that uh, I'm looking forward to putting on. And what what in the world did he send me? Marshall Bone. He's a darn good writer. And he has a brand new read that he said, Hey, John, hey, help me out. Help, help a southern brother out. And c- c- can you put this story up? And so his new story is titled, How to Fight Depression Naturally. And I'll get that up. I'll make a promise. Since we'll be off the air Friday, sometime between now and and Friday lunchtime, let's say, I'll get this Marshall Bone, his newest story posted at y'all.com, How to Fight Depression Naturally. That's an important story, and we'll put it up on the pages of y'all, the South's homepage between now and, uh, like I said, Friday. Also, we love to talk about food at y'all on the Y'all Show as well as y'all.com, and if you go there, you can find a really cool article that Miriam Meeks pen called a fresh take on Italian cuisine in Jackson, Mississippi, as she has gone and done a chronicle of Chef Ch- Chaz Lindsay and his restaurant called Polito. It's a really cool Italian, more than a bistro, it's an authentic Italian eatery in Jackson, Mississippi. And that is an article found at y'all.com that you definitely should go Look, and then we've got other travel-related stories all about Florida favorites. What are the most popular destinations in the Sunshine State? Niles Reddick has penned an article all about Donna Fargo, and he's got the Q&A with her and, and more about the country music singer Donna Fargo. You know, you can't be a beacon if your light don't shine, and you can find that article right now. And so many others at the South's homepage, y'all.com, and y'all helps present this program each and every day that we have the y'all show want to thank you again for riding along with us here this week and we will be back monday have a wonderful wonderful couple of days for a lot of you college football really kicks off in a big way with rivalry games like tennessee and alabama this weekend you got that other yankee game going on between penn state and ohio state that might be worth tuning in for a moment But a lovely time of year, and those leaves are a-changing. I saw them changing when I was driving the other day through some of our southern states. It's a beautiful time to hit the road. Do it and take the Y'all Show along for the ride. Until we see you back here Monday, have a great, great couple of days. And thanks for listening to Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent.